And it's Jameson Fink with another episode of Wine Without Worry. Wine Without Worry is brought to you by Wente Vineyards, America's oldest family-owned winery and California's first family of Chardonnay. You can visit them online at wentevineyards.com. One of the things that uh, I, I get to do when I travel a lot is, of course, I take a lot of photos uh, of vineyards, of winemakers, of wine bottles, of wine glasses, really anything wine related. Uh, if I can snap a photo of it, I will. And I'll take hundreds of photos and then try and call through them. And sometimes my photos, uh, in my opinion, will be quite nice. Sometimes uh, they stink, which is why it's great to uh, be able to take a hundred of them with the camera. But uh, I decided to enlist the help of a real professional to try and even with photographing with an iPhone, um, understanding how I can use that to take better pictures. So I'm really pleased to have as a guest on the show Richard Duval of Richard Duval Images. Uh, he is online at vinelines.com for his wine-related photos. You can also see his entire portfolio at duvalimages.com and find him on Facebook at Duval Images. And Richard, so like I was saying, um, mostly I take photos with my iPhone. I'm out there, I'm looking at a vineyard, it's beautiful, and I just point my camera and take a picture and walk away. Um, what am I doing wrong and what can I do to make that look a little more dramatic? Uh, I think what you just described is sort of the classic scenario, which is what I refer to as what you've done with that type of picture is that you've recorded that you're there. You haven't really captured what you saw, but you have evidence that you, you walked by in a sense. Because most people with their iPhones tend to click and move and you get the whole scene, but you don't necessarily get what's memorable, what's captivating. So one of the things that I always try to encourage folks when they ask me, how can I just shoot better pictures, slow down get low and get close. So instead of shooting the whole panorama where all the elements in the picture have the same weight, the same emphasis, find one thing to put that in the foreground. Give that the emphasis and then let the rest of the scene play out behind it. And you'll find that that picture has a lot more impact now. And it, it will actually come much closer to capturing what it was that made you stop in the first place, as opposed to the uh, the saturation bombing shooting approach, which is click, 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 and then I'll figure it all out later. You know, slow down, get low, and get close. Yeah, it's like the uh, advertising where they just kind of uh, called uh, spray and pray, where you yeah. just send out something to a million people and hope a few people find it um, yeah. compelling. It's like, that's me with my camera, like, uh, I'm just going to take like 50 pictures and just move it around and hope that one uh, comes out. So what you're saying is it doesn't matter if you have um, an iPhone, uh, a fancy DSLR or something, or, uh, or using film, heaven forbid. But uh, it's about kind of uh, your physical presence, like you said, like kneeling down or, uh, I mean, literally just getting low, like kneeling down, looking around and getting different angles. That's exactly right. I mean, um, I always, you know, I use the old adage, it's the carpenter, not his tools that builds your house. Uh, and, you know, I'm not saying that, that you can do the same quality of image with an iPhone as you could with a $45,000 Hasselblad. But what I am saying is that you can take memorable pictures with anything as long as you just practice a few, you know, basic techniques. And if you look at professional photographers, you know, what we're always trying to do is to get the image in the camera, not think about just shoot a bunch of stuff and then later I'll fix it in Photoshop. Matter of fact, that phrase, I'll fix it in Photoshop, uh -huh. it almost makes us you know, go crazy because it implies that, that there's no art involved in capturing the image. And I'm 
obsessed with trying to get it in the camera. I mean, I can do things in Photoshop, but I've sort of deliberately made sure there's some things I don't know how to do because I don't want to ever get lazy and not do a good job of capturing the image first and thinking I can always fix it later. Um, so take the moment, you know, take the time you're there at that moment and you're at this incredible vista. Maybe you're shooting something like, uh, like at Red Mountain, which is one of my favorite uh, vineyards to shoot, excuse me, favorite wine areas to shoot. Um, Red Mountain always has these incredible clouds and the vineyards that are that are rolling in and out and it's constantly changing. I'll spend two days there and I'm not trying to come back with a thousand images. I'm trying to come back with quality images. The number is less uh, less relevant and less important. I'm just coming back with things that when I look at it I go, wow, I was there that day and look at what I captured. So when did it start for you photography-wise? Did you have some sort of like aha moment when you thought like, uh, I'd like to do this for a living or I have a, a talent or an aptitude for this or just a passion for it? Was there one moment where you like was with one photo and you're like, this is what I want to do? Yeah, I've been shooting for about 30 years and I've been doing it professionally for about 15 or 20, somewhere in there. And I think for, for me, my aha moment was back in my film days and I happened to capture what I thought was a pretty striking image of um, some wildflowers up in the Olympic National Park as fog was rolling in and this beautiful stream was behind it. And I you know, sold it. Uh, I sold a 16 by 24 image of that to a colleague who, who wasn't doing it out of kindness. She just really, really liked right. the picture. Uh, it, wasn't, she, it wasn't a pity buy. No, it was not a pity <laughs> buy. And I, you know, and, uh, and I remember thinking, you know, I just may have something going here. I mean, I, 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 I'm a journalism uh, graduate from Washington State and of course I had to take photography as part of uh, the journalism course uh, and I was a high school teacher for three years and I had to teach uh, yearbook and newspaper and I taught photography. So I always kind of had the camera nearby but it really wasn't until right around uh, when I started doing the scenic and landscape stuff that I started to realize I may actually have a, a, a modest gift here. Uh, and I've you know, been working on it ever since, and uh, I keep trying to get better. Uh -huh. And then, so your start is with wildflowers, but uh, let's let's talk about wine. And, and yeah. right now, I would like to say we're at Barrage Cellars in Woodenville, where you have a show. And uh, thanks to Kevin at Barrage, and you can uh, visit him at BarrageCellars.com. Um, I know you have, uh, I'm looking at a lot of your photos here, and there's uh, a musician with a trombone, there's some fishing boats, there's uh, the, the Cinque Terre. Yes. I hope I said that right. And then there's a bunch of uh, wine photos, too. Um, so you, obviously you don't just, it seems like you have an emphasis on wine and grapes and wineries and wine people. Um, when did that happen? When did you sort of like make that part of something, a big part of what you do? Yeah, about five years ago, I was doing some writing for St. Michelle, writing some of their sales and marketing materials because my background is in corporate marketing and I've done and I've been a professional writer for about as long as I've done anything. Um, and uh, one of the assignments was to write about Col Solari. Uh, and I knew very, very little about the wine industry in Washington to that detail. I just had some vague things. I knew a few wines that I liked. I didn't even know why I liked them. I just knew it. Uh, so I put Cameron bag and drove out to Col Solari at Red Mountain and was just staggered by the beauty of Col Solari and the beauty of Red Mountain. And this was about five years ago and, you know, Red Mountain was still coming along. Uh, and Col Solari, I think, had just opened its doors mm -hmm. or just kind of got started. I believe the vineyard was still very new, being yeah. planted. Uh, so I take my camera, as I always do, thinking, oh, maybe I'll hit something <clears throat> something in the mountains over the pass on the way there or back. And instead, I found myself shooting uh, Col Solari, shooting the vineyard, shooting Red Mountain, crabbing some incredible clouds. And when I got it all back home and downloaded, started working on the pictures, I realized that of all the stuff that I'd been shooting in the last five or six months, 
the wine images were the most riveting to me and the most interesting. And I fell in love with the industry. I fell in love with the, 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 all the aspects of it, from a marketing standpoint as well as from you know, an artistic standpoint. Uh, and right around then, of course, you know, digital has, has certainly you know, taken over in the photography world. And I realized that uh, you know, my, uh, my, uh, I'd had some pretty modest success at doing landscape and scenic work. Uh, I've had stuff in calendars that have been around the world. I, I have a stock agent who represents my work to a lot of publishers. And I was doing fine, but I also knew that it, that was going to change. Every, you, know, you go up to Mount Rainier now. There's hundreds of photographers up there. Everybody's shooting wildflowers, putting it on Flickr, selling it for you know mm-hmm. much less than what I was expecting to sell it for. So it seemed all the parts kind of came together. And as much as I realized how much I was enjoying the wine industry, it also became clear to me that I could maybe make this my niche and my specialty. I, I was just enamored with it all. Uh, and I found that I just was feeling um, revitalized. I did, never thought I was repeating myself. There was always something different in the vineyard or uh, starting to shoot more with winemakers, trying to capture their magic, as I put it. Um, and that was kind of my moment where I, I made that switch. So I'd say about 90% of my work is focused on the wine industry, mm-hmm. and I'm just ecstatic about it. And when you talk about uh, winemakers and kind of capturing their magic and what they do, uh, a lot of things when I see pictures of uh, people, not even winemakers, but anyone, it's just like um, straight on looking at them and they're looking straight at the camera and maybe they're holding a bottle. Yeah. Um, how do you get something that looks more a little less posed and organic when you're photographing people, particularly winemakers? What are your what are your tips for that? Well, one, one thing is to uh, get them to not pay attention to you with the camera. So give them something to do. Uh, holding a glass of wine, uh, pouring a bottle, getting them in, in a barrel room and have the barrels behind, which just makes such a wonderful backdrop. And let them be focused on their craft. I try to get in a conversation with them, uh, and it's not just um, uh, superficial. I'm, I'm always trying to learn about this industry. I, I, I'm like five times smarter than I was five years ago, and I am 90% still not smart where I want to uh-huh. be. So I'll ask, you know, w- w- tell me about that wine. What were you trying for? Where did you source your grapes? I've learned a lot about vineyards. Uh, when I hear about a different vineyard, it also goes on my list, for instance, to go photograph. So I want to engage them in conversation. I really want to hear about their craft. I'm... Um, uh, I'm probably about as close to a wine groupie <laughs> as you could possibly be. I just I would hang around with winemakers all day long. They are fascinating because they're so passionately driven to create this 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 bit of magic in a bottle or magic in a glass, as I've titled one of my pictures. Um, and I want to understand how they do it. So my interest is sincere and legitimate. So if I can get them conversing, now we have this whole moment going between us and they're not paying attention to me, they're not conscious of the camera, and now I'm gonna capture them in the, in the moment of their craft, not in the moment of my craft, and that's what I'm after. So get, get the winemaker to talk. Get mm-hmm. the winemaker to talk about what he or she is doing and why. Where do they get their grapes? What's, what's getting them excited this year? What are they gonna come out with this year that they didn't do last year? They've always got something new in the works. Uh, and they love to talk about what they do. I mean, it's like talking to a parent about their, their child. Right. No one ever gets tired of right. talking about their right. kid. <laughs> especially if they have a lot of children, like winemakers and their wines. So, yeah, yeah there's just plenty of... There's plenty of I mean, I have, I've had the privilege of, you know, having more than a few conversations with my Bob Betts, for instance. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Bob's he, he is a walking history of the wine industry in our state. Plus, he's immensely knowledgeable about wine in general around the world. Ten minutes of a conversation with Bob is like graduate school. You know, yeah. you just come out of it going, 
oh man, he's like 10 times smarter than I'm ever going to be, but it's wonderful. Yeah, I got to uh, sit next to Bob at a kind of a, a private event comparing the 2009-2011 vintages in Washington, uh, and it was a real thrill just to sit next to him and have him kind of lean over and, you know, make comments to me, and I would say something, and he'd be like, I agree, or, you know, I'd be like, whoa, really? <laughs> <laughs> I know, you go, yeah, whoa, yeah, yeah, <laughs> I said yeah, something yeah, smart. I got to write that down. But uh, just an aside about that, um, 2009 Washington was a really warm year, and 2011 was a really cool year. And me personally, um, I really prefer the wines from the cooler vintages, just comparing the two, a lot less jammy flavors, much more elegant wines. So that'll be my tip to check out the uh, 2011 yeah. red wines. So it was really instructive to do that. Um, but going back to photography, uh, one of the things, uh, so on Grape Collective, which you wrote an awesome uh, post for grapecollective.com about how to take photos in wine country and just not super technical, just kind of what we're talking about, just great tips for really anyone, just more about, a, about changing your perspective and really thinking before you kind of, uh, you know, click your photo. But um, the uh, one of the things that I was interested in is that if you go on the Grape Collective and you look at About Us and you look at James Fink, there's a picture of me uh, standing in a vineyard just looking straight ahead. And it's the classic, like, I was here photo that uh, you're just, I mean, you could just, I could, I don't know, I could have like a herd of uh, elephants running behind me and you're like my, you know, my my facial expression would still be the same. It's like you could put any background, you know, behind me and like it wouldn't change. It seems like almost like it's superfluous. Um, and one of the things is I feel it's really weird when people are just kind of like looking at the camera with something behind them. And so um, uh, I always feel like I, my favorite pictures are when I'm like looking aside or I just tell someone just take, I mean, it's kind of like what you said, it's like just, I don't know, just take a bunch of pictures of me. I'm going to look over here. Yeah. Or I'm going to pick this up or do that or uh, distract me. And so um, I, I really, I really, uh, appreciate what you're saying about, you know, sort of talking to people, engaging them. And, it's, and in some ways it's distracting them, but you're also engaging them or distracting them to make them feel feel comfortable. So I think that's um, you know, and a I've, great I've, tip. You know, I've been on uh, uh, various things where you've been there uh -huh. with other wine writers, you know, and I have part of the thing, what I do is I shoot for a lot of the wine marketing groups in, uh -huh. in their state and they want pictures of media folk engaged with the winemaking right. community. So I've had that privilege of shooting you, uh -huh. Sean Sullivan, Patrick Comiskey, uh, Harvey Steinman, doing what they do yeah. uh, and I'm just as fascinated you know from your end of it as well I, I remember the first time I met you and t uh, listening to you and Sean you were discussing uh -huh. something and I don't think I said three words I was completely uh -huh. enamored with what you guys were talking uh -huh. about because I didn't know any of uh -huh. that so you know people who are in this business are in this business because they love wine and they're passionate about wine and they see both the the art of wine the magic of wine as well as the business side of wine so if you can if you're as a photographer you know if you're if you get a chance to get people who are really engaged in this passionate thing that they do this is when great pictures happen and again it goes back to my advice so get low get down further away uh, uh, you know shoot up at them Get on an angle and shoot down mm -hmm. on them. Get them in a context uh, uh, where it, maybe it's just the winemaker and a glass and a bottle. But if you can get an angle where maybe they're surrounded by the barrels in their barrel room, look at that wonderful context and you get that warm light going. Um, some technical things if you're outside. Try not to shoot, particularly on eastern Washington, try not to shoot in the middle of the day. That's when the light is at its harshest, it's most unforgiving, color is flat, uh, it's hot. Yeah, <laughs> you know? it's, really hot. It, it's hard for people yeah. to, to say, oh yeah. yes, please photograph me. Photograph while you I'm pouring <laughs> yes, sweat. Yeah. While I'm trying to fight off a right. stroke from a 100 yeah. degree yeah. heat. So move them in the shade, get them into the tasting room. It, it's kind of an adage, but get people comfortable and they're gonna ha you're gonna have more comfortable pictures. Um, 
if you're going to use a flash, you know, look at where those shadows are dropping. Try to try to position so that if the flash goes off, you don't have that harsh shadow right behind the person's silhouette or or their side profile, uh, because that becomes very uh, very obvious in your picture and it's it's distracting. So shoot it in such a way that you know the shadow at least falls off to the side. Um, when I do most of my, my creative work, it's between about 5 a.m., particularly this time of year, I'd say between about 5 a.m. to right about 10. And right around 10 o'clock, the light starts really getting harsh and mean. So that's when I ship. Now I'll go uh, inside to the taste room or into the barrel room or into a wine store or into a, a, a winery like where we are today at Barrage with great light coming in from the side, yeah. you know. So, I guess what I'm trying to say is pay attention to the light. Uh, for professional photographers, we, we, are, we are very much like uh, vineyard managers who are obsessed with the weather and, and they can tell you almost to the hour uh, what the weather conditions are going to be mm -hmm. like on any given day in their vineyard because they're constantly looking at it. I am constantly looking at the light. I am constantly looking at the sky. I am constantly checking uh, on the internet. What's the weather going to be like and when is it going to be like it? Because I'm chasing the light. And if you ask any professional photographer what, what is it that they do, they would sum it up by saying, we chase the light. Uh -huh. So if you're, if you're looking to make better pictures, pay attention to the light. Chase it. And when it's pretty, when, when the sun's starting to go down, when those shadows are a little longer, when you get to what we call the golden hour, which is usually somewhere after 4 o'clock in this time of year, maybe 5 o'clock, and all of a sudden you realize that the, the light now has become soft and gold, and everything just has this rich, lush look uh, to it. It's uh, uh, almost like the, uh, the, the, the first morning, in a sense. That's when you go crazy. And so I'll shoot madly between say 5 a.m. and about 10 and then come back outside and start shooting again around 5 till about 9 uh, and try to capture as much of that golden light as possible because that's when the magic happens. You know now I'm remembering um, the last time I saw you it was at some uh, it was at Wine Rocks this event where uh, winemakers play are in bands and there's a bunch of wine tasting and beer and whatnot and I was walking down um, the waterway uh, by the piers uh, kind of on my way home and I came across you uh, I didn't know you were going to be there, and because there was this um, sort of triumvirate of uh, the Seattle Ferris wheel, Mount Rainier, and uh, a moon rising up. Um, how did that? Uh, how did that shoot work for you? That you actually those was, pictures. That was pretty cool, uh, and it was funny because I didn't know you were going to yeah. be there. And one of my favorite pictures is you taking a picture because we had just finished <laughs> yeah. that piece for Grape Collective, yeah. and I thought, oh, this is great. Jameson right away has applied everything. Yeah. You know? And you were standing exactly how you should have. You, I could yeah. tell by where you were standing how you had positioned the elements. Uh -huh. I was very proud of you. <laughs> <laughs> so um, you know, and that was a, that was a fun shoot, and it was a little challenging. And you know, uh, as much as I do this. Uh, I am never, um, I never cease to be amazed at how much I learn every time I put camera to eye. There's always things that you can do better. Uh, and I tell myself as much as I know how much I don't know. Uh, so I'm, I'm always looking at something like that particular scene. There were no clouds. It was a pretty mm -hmm. harsh sunset. Mm -hmm. uh, the light was pretty, but there wasn't a lot of, of golden hour kind yeah. of look to it, which was a, which was a little different because it was so hot that day. Uh, so it presented some challenges from a shadow standpoint. I like some of the stuff I got. Some of the stuff uh -huh. I thought, no, it didn't quite work. Yeah. 
you know, and that's okay. Uh, uh, even the worst day I ever had behind the camera, I, I got something out of it and I learned something. Yeah. Um, it's better than being in a cubicle all day. Exactly. <laughs> you know. And you know, you mentioned wine rocks. One of the other things that I've I've kind of evolved in has a, you know has a wine oriented uh, professional shooter is that I do a lot of wine events. Again, I do a lot of work for the wine marketing groups like the Washington State Wine Commission, uh, Woodenville Wine Country. I do a lot of work with Walla Walla uh, Valley Wine Association. So, you know, they, they hire me to come and shoot events. And I've become pretty good, and I've never started out as being a people shooter. I got into photography to get away from people, but I actually, because <laughs> you know, I always There's say, a story there. I'm oh, sorry. absolutely. Yeah. Well, I always say, you know, I say that. You're, well, not, a mis- water, you're not a misanthrope. Yeah, you. yeah. The, the, water, the waterfalls don't argue with you, you know. Yeah, <laughs> you know yeah. so, but I find that, again, because, because wine is that common theme, I enjoy now really photographing people having a good time with wine. And one of my, one of my uh, uh, specialties, in a sense, I've really developed, I think, a skill at capturing the pour. Mm-hmm. You know, getting the wine pouring out of the bottle into the glass and hitting it just in that right way where it has a very appealing sense mm-hmm. about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so now I hang out with, uh, and, I, and I enjoy doing the events that I get to shoot, like Taste Washington or Celebrate Walla Walla and uh, Reverly and uh, the the Red Mountain Block Party and I've got the list of events that I've had I've been lucky enough to shoot in the last four years is huge but it you know it brings me more visibility to all of the uh, all the folks in the wine community and it really fleshes out my portfolio so it's not mm-hmm. just the wine scene right there's there's some legitimate uses for those kinds of images well I also think when you talk about that that change it's like also when I used to look at my photos of me traveling all the photos would be like you couldn't even tell I was there it would just be like pictures of vineyards and bottles and stuff and, and not a lot of people and now I mean I used to be kind of shy about like oh I don't want to ask them to take a picture of me but now it's like really important to me that I get a photo of myself I mean even though you know it sounds a little egomaniacal but you know I think people respond to I mean just seeing people it's like I mean, you could have so many vineyard pictures and wine bottle pictures and whatever but I think it's important to have the context of who you were with and you know who's there and, and it really I think it makes it more uh relatable and more more genuine and more uh, an image that people can connect to more because there's someone in it. Absolutely. Well, and you said the key word there was context. You know, mm-hmm. in terms of the work that you do, you know, you're writing, you travel extensively. I'm mm-hmm. a big reader of your blog uh-huh. and, you know, every time you go someplace, Thank you very much. <laughs> every time you go someplace, it goes on my list of, I got to uh-huh. go shoot here, yeah. you know, because I've read what you've seen and, and read what, you know, how, uh, what, what you've experienced. But that context is important because if you go to Sicily, three years from now, that's not the same that Sicily that you saw when you were there earlier this mm-hmm. year. So the pictures that you take are, this is what it's like now. And some of those pictures will last forever in terms of their impact. But you also, because you're a journalist, you know, you're recording development and context really is important. And it's important that you do get some pictures of you doing your thing. Uh, you'll, you'll notice that you know when whenever I do run into you at an event mm-hmm. I tend to shoot and it's not just because you know we're friends but right. you're doing your job and part of what I do as a wine photographer is record all of the events in the wine community which includes mm-hmm. wine writers doing their mm-hmm. job talking to wine yeah. people it's very important you do uh, Photoshop a full head of hair onto me, right? <laughs> I'll do it to me before I do it to anybody else. <laughs> Just don't shoot me from the back, please, for the love of God. Unless, oh. unless it helps the shot. Yeah, well, Kevin's mad at Barrage here because I have a photograph of him that Woodenville Wine Country used. And it's it's here in his barrel room. He's got people around him. Uh-huh. They're just captured captivated by him talking he says great you got me from behind yeah i got to be uh profiled um warby parker the eyeglass company did something they profiled me on their website and and the photographer was like just like you know grab a bottle of wine off the shelf that you like i didn't really think about it and so i like reached up top for this wine that i liked i was just like oh i really like this one and it's up here and then like the photo of me is like 
like my like bald dome. <laughs> like it's like the I mean I don't, I mean sorry I love you Warby Parker in your in your fine eyewear, but um, that was a little mortified by that. That's who I am. I should embrace it. Well, see, and your glasses are kind of your one of your trademarks. Right. I mean, they're part of your if you'll allow the word, they're part of your brand. Uh huh. They you are. Know? Yes, yes. Brand, uh, brand, uh, wine nerd. I always can pick you out <laughs> <laughs> from the front, right? Absolutely. <laughs> um, well, let's. Um, one thing I want to talk to. We're standing right here, looking at some of the photos at Barrage Cellars, and um, the first thing I notice is that they're. Uh, what is the background they're on? They're 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 printed on aluminum. Yeah, this is an interesting uh, approach for me, and this, this collection here are, are images that I've shot from an editorial standpoint, since I do so much editorial and marketing work, but these are ones that I've put aside to do the fine art thing, where I want to indulge myself, uh, whereas when I do editorial work, I do very little photoshopping work, I really try to just capture it and, and keep it true. These are images that I have indulged myself a little bit, where I've deliberately gone in and, and uh, adjusted color and, right. and, and uh, you know, manipulated some detail. Not, right. not too much, where I'm not uh -huh. adding something to the picture that's not there. Yeah. But I will use certain techniques and certain softwares that really just let me bring out uh, uh, details. Uh, for instance, we're looking at an image that I shot in Tuscany um, of, um, of a beautiful vineyard in uh, the town of Greve. Uh, Castillo di Fezzano, as a matter of fact, and this was shot right after a morning rain. I literally was standing on the porch of the bed and breakfast that we were staying at, and I saw this grape cluster, and I could tell by the light that was coming onto it that as soon as the rain stopped, it was going to be beautiful. So as soon as the rain stopped, <clears throat> I walked the 25 feet from porch to vine and shot this cluster of, of Sangiovese. Uh, then I went back and I used a filter to bring out all of the droplets that mm -hmm. this fresh rain had just literally bathed these grapes in. And so the result is this um, almost crystalline appearance. Yeah, they look like almost like, like beautiful baubles or yeah, something. Yeah, there's, a, there's just, and there's an abstract quality to this that I think really lends itself more to a fine art interpretation. Now, I wouldn't necessarily take this image and, and pitch it to a magazine because right. it's, it's been a little manipulated in mm -hmm. that sense. But as for uh, as something for more of the fine art aspect of it, it works very well. And the technique that I'm employing on presenting these now is that I've printed these images on a metallic coated paper, and then they're fused to a sheet of aluminum. Um, you can you can actually uh, get images now uh, printed directly on aluminum, but wow. they're still pretty expensive. Uh -huh. uh, so this is a way to simulate that effect, and what you get out of that effect is extreme detail, very sharp, vivid color, um, not, not off the top of the chart color, but vivid color, uh, and, and a, a, a presentation that changes as the light changes in the room. So if we stand, <clears throat> stand here and watch these images throughout the course of this day, as the light changes yes. in the room, you're going to see changes in the image. I, I mean, I even noticed that just uh, hanging out with Kevin earlier, uh, just walking around the room and just being, you know, in the back of the room and looking at, looking at it, just you, you see the light and it's sort of like change, you know, as you walk across the room and the light changes, you can see sort of the image almost kind of like follow you too. Exactly. And, change. and, cool. and that's what drew me to this particular medium. I work with a really uh, talented customer print house called the color group in Seattle and they we've been working together for a long time and they do all of my custom prints they do all my fine art prints and we will spend literally hours just moving things back and forth mm -hmm. just making those little adjustments and um, you know they've signed a kind of pioneered this presentation where the image is on this sheet of aluminum and then the that's hanging uh, uh, the mount that it's on that it's hanging on the wall from it's all on the back so you have no frame you have no mat it's a very contemporary way to display some people don't want a 
wood frame traditional right. maps. Some people do. Mm -hmm. So this is a very cool way to show contemporary work, I think. And uh, I'm very enamored with this. I'm going to be keep working in this medium for a while. Yeah, it looks uh, it looks really striking, and it's the kind of thing where I you know kind of want to hang out in this tasting room at Barrage Cellars all day and just watch how the light moves these images along and see how they change and shift. So Well, I came back yesterday after a full day of shooting and I was standing over in the other corner there and if you stand, and I was looking at these three images with this light hitting it and it, it was just magnificent, uh, the way that the light changes the metal. And I've been working with this for about a year and I'm still knocked out by how, how yeah. frequently it changes. That's yeah. so cool. So that's a good example. The one above it is a, a vineyard, uh, what I call Vineyard Dawn, uh, and I shot this actually in Walla Walla. Uh, and this is a different technique called HDR, High Dynamic Range, and it's, two, it's three exposures that I then fuse together, which allows me to get the tonal range from the very top of that mm -hmm. very vivid sky all the way down mm -hmm. to the vineyard that's in the foreground. And the reason you use this technique, Jamison, is that if you expose for the light up top here, the foreground part where the vineyard is is going to go dark. Right. If you expose for the vineyard, the sky, which is so beautifully vivid, is going to burn out and it's going to be completely unusable. So you do three exposures where you change your exposure reading in your camera three different ways and then you simply fuse them together and then make some adjustments. Now what is so cool about this image, what makes it so cool for me, is that I didn't do anything to the color on it. Mm -hmm. That really was the color oh, wow. of the dawn. And uh -huh. this, this was one of those most magnificent yeah. morning dawns. And I've shot in Walla Walla a lot. Yeah. This is in my top three. Uh -huh. uh, I didn't do anything. I didn't do anything to the clouds. I didn't do anything to the color. I just, you know, people say, how did you do that? And I say, I got up. <laughs> <laughs> You know, because I shot that at about 5.30 in the morning. Yeah, uh, that's, you know. that's, yeah, the early bird gets the worm. Yeah, the and if I showed you the original images that I shot in digital, you can, you can see how I fused the three uh -huh. of them together. And about, and the rest of the work that I put on this was maybe 10 minutes. Oh, wow. Because, you know, nature did it all. Right. I don't know, I just happened to get out of bed at the right time. Uh -huh. <laughs> well, Richard, uh, I think it's about time uh, we have some wine So uh, here at Barrage Dollar. So I just want to thank you for being on the show. I think you've given people great tips about... Uh, how to take better photographs in wine country and that it's more of a sort of a you know like a good craftsman never blames their tools it's more of a uh you know be aware of your surroundings uh change your perspective and uh, just get creative so i think uh, i think you, people will be excited to uh get out there and, and not take uh uh, like, like as you said, your little phrase, uh, have, you know, memories and not mug shots. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm glad to be here, Jameson. Yeah. And you know, my last bit of advice to folks is, you know, shoot a lot. It's a blast. And there's the wine country is so beautiful. And I, I've been doing this now for a long time and I don't get tired of it. I never feel like I'm just repeating myself. I never feel like, oh God, it's just another vineyard. They're all beautiful. And watching in wine country in particular is so much fun to photograph. So get out there and shoot. Don't drink too much wine while you're shooting. Good because, advice. Because you'll find focus becomes a little sporadic. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Reward yourself with a Reward glass after a day of shooting. Yeah, all right. Thanks Thank again, you, Richard. James.